Hello, welcome to the Episodes Podcast. My name is Jimmy Bowens and I am your host for this podcast where we cover a wide range of topics all based around education and education technology and pedagogy and learning and leadership. And today I'm talking with Sarah Schubert again. And if you are a regular listener, you may have remembered our first conversation where we discussed dealing with change. We're going to do a few more conversations with Sarah as she is an amazing leadership guru and has a lot of experience in um, helping managers become their best selves, but also learning how to interact professionally and bring the best out in yourself in your working environment. Today, we're talking about being okay with not being okay, which is something we are all having to grapple with these days. And I think it's a very timely topic I really enjoyed chatting with Sarah for this topic. There's a lot of wisdom that comes out of it, but it's also quite funny and relaxed and informal. And that's what I love about talking with Sarah is that we can deal with these heavy topics, but we can also have a sense of humor about it. So without further ado, I bring you Sarah Schubert. Sarah, how's it going? Thanks for doing this again. We're back. Yes, my pleasure. How, How have you been? Very well, thank you. I was painting my house, which doesn't sound very relaxing, but actually it was very fulfilling. So it was beautiful weather in Queenstown and it was, yeah, it was perfect. It was very good, actually. Really enjoyed it. I might read too much into this now, but what colour did you paint your house? (laughs) Well, funny you should ask. Uh, Multiple colours. We had uh, sea fog, for anyone who knows (laughs) resine paint. Sea fog? (laughs) Sea fog, which really is white, but apparently, who knew, there's about 100 different types of white. It's a slightly off-white, so uh, we did sea fog in the hallway. We did a eighth tanner whatever that means, in the kitchen area, which is a slight... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is eighth tanner a colour? Yes, yeah, honestly, is it is it another off white? It's it's <laughs> it is with a slight green tinge. I mean, I mean, I've heard a lot of they're all off white, aren't they? Pretty uh, much. What's wrong with on white? <laughs> and and what an egg eggshell used to be the one that duck I, egg blue or something like that. Sea yes. fog and eighth tanner. Eighth tanner, and then there's another Joanna, half Joanna that we're going to do in the hallway what? this weekend. <laughs> hey, I know. I keep going to them. Who comes up with these names? This is half, insane. Half Joanna. What was? Did, was there a full Joanna option? There was. Yes, there was. <laughs> <laughs> there was, but we decided to go with half. Okay. Who knows? Why not? I mean, you wouldn't want to commit too much to Joanna. Like, well, this is it, you know. We who knows what colour of vibe that she would have <laughs> given off yeah. if she'd full rain. Uh, exactly. We kind of needed to rein her in a little bit. So, yeah, she's okay. half. Well, I, yeah, sometimes. That's a tangent you didn't expect. No, no, I didn't. I mean, we're, uh, I mean, at some point, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to paint my own house. So, good to know the choices in off-white spectrum. Hey, I can tell you everything about off-white. Is there a reason not to get too personal about your color choices? But is there a reason you went with different types of white? Well, one was a mistake. So um, <laughs> we bought eight. Which one did we? Half Joanna was a slight mistake. Not, not that we tell her that, but we were going. <laughs> we were going for a slightly different color and didn't quite hit the mark. So she was a mistake. But we spent over seven hundred dollars on her. So we were like, well, we've got to put her on the wall. You committed somewhere. to Joanna. <laughs> we committed to her. Uh, and then, so then eighth Tanner was the right choice in terms of green. Um, and so it was because we've got, we're doing the whole house pretty much and we're putting a new kitchen in and, and it's just, there's diff- the light, apparently lighting does play a massive part. Mm. And we're putting more windows in and we didn't want anything too bright 
two sort of stark whites. So the off-white has worked really well, but pulling out different shades that are going to be in the kitchen and in the carpets and flooring. So, yeah, it's um, not my comfort zone in that mm. whole space, but I've actually quite enjoyed the process of it. So, Do you believe colour affects mood in, in your house? I think it does. I do. I really Im I'm so impressed with people that go bold. Um, like I, a bright yellow yes, feature or wall or exactly or like a dark black or something um, and so I, I haven't quite got the bravery of that yet but we're going to put wallpaper in at some point so oh wallpaper yeah we're going to put wallpaper in in one, some of the rooms so not quite sure how my husband and I are very different so that could cause issues depending on what we choose um, but yeah I do think colour does affect mood I think you've got to for different people, it's such a personal thing mm. as well. So, um, but it is very much about lighting and what else is in the room and what you know what you're trying to give off. So, um, it's a really cool process, actually. I mean, you're manufacturing your your nest in a way. I mean, you're yeah. you're, you're setting up <laughs> the 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 place where you will yeah. you will feel safe and exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. God, we could talk about that for that's, that, that's another topic. that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, we're we're off tangent already. We haven't even started. Um, so I just want to kind of uh, re re recap. Last time we met, we talked about change because obviously everybody's been dealing with change, nonstop change. And that was really insightful. So we want to continue with uh, our, our conversations about kind of um, dealing with challenges in our professional lives mostly. But of course, professional and personal blur together. And I suppose all of the things that, um, you know, where your expertise lies, the benefits there's no boundaries it's 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 not that you know this advice and, and this wisdom will benefit just when you go to work mm. <laughs> it's a whole person thing so I'm delighted that that you're you're uh, gonna chat to us uh, chat to me about these topics so today what are we talking about what is the topic today today is being okay with not being okay this has been um uttered frequently these mm. days the other way of saying that if I'm I mean correct mm. me if I'm wrong is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. There you go, there you go, <laughs> so yes. I've heard that a lot. So yes. what, what does this mean, Sarah? For me, it means knowing that life isn't always going to be perfect, that we aren't always going to do the right things, we aren't always going to make the right decisions, and that's okay, and that we can actually sometimes being in that area of discomfort, of feeling, oh, my God, I really you know, why did I do that? Or mm. look at what I've created, look at the impact I've had, and it's not necessarily positive. Um, you sometimes have to stay in that space for a while just to sort of go through that process and come out stronger the other side. Is, I hate to, maybe it's cliche to, to blame social media for everything, but there seems to be um, a, a taboo around fallibility, self-fallibility these days, or not a taboo, but it's the pressure yeah. to, um, hide or not discuss your imperfections and and your your fallibilities um do you feel that that has a serious impact on on young people coming up in their professional lives that there's a pressure to to conform to a standard that's not realistic absolutely i think you know we can't admit when we've done wrong or we can't admit when we've made a mistake because it's not the right look or we don't know what the impact will be and that's really dangerous uh, mm. and it's it's scary. I mean, I, I had that a little bit with my career at first. I mean, you don't want to admit to a mistake. But at the same time, when we do own our own stuff and when we do own when we haven't done anything, you know, in the right way, that's when we can really sort of grow and learn and move on. And this sort of, as you say, the social 
stigma of making mistakes or, or not being the best of the best you can be. Um, the amount of pressure that that places on anybody, I think, at any stage in their career, be you you know young or or, or even sort of midway through or, or older in your career, I think it, it's a really um, yeah. I, I worry about that a lot. I, I don't like it. Mm, yeah, I have uh, young children, and I do I do think about that sometimes. The when I watch like they they're starting to watch TV, you know, and the um, the this idea that. Uh, nobody's a hot mess. Like, what, what's wrong? <laughs> Let's showcase more of the hot yeah. messes, messiness of life yes. to younger people and normalize it a bit more. It is, yeah. it is the Barbie complex to a certain extent. Um, it is, and there's this thing that you know, no one fails, everyone wins, and it's yeah, that's rubbish. It really is. I mean, how many outside of anything you do at school? I mean, even me growing up, you know, my school was quite hard. It was quite a strict school, and and so I learned, and I failed a lot. You know, I was rubbish at sport. I know that much. And I was always in, <laughs> honestly. Sounds like a little bit of a touchy uh, area well, yeah, I won't there. go too far into this because you might Do you want to unpack <laughs> that more? Or? No, probably not. Now, now's not the best time. Uh, but but it, in, I guess the point was it's more, you know, I learned about failing and I learned about what I wasn't good at. And, yes, it wasn't great, but it's reality. And so I also worry, and it, and it, I don't have children, so, you know, I, I don't have that. That's, but I see my nieces and nephews and I yeah, see my friends' yeah, children. Yeah. And they come home from school and they've got all these awards. And that's great because you are building people up and we need to do that. But where does the lesson come in that failure is okay as well? That is okay as well and that losing is okay. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm sort of one on the outsider that like, this isn't the right way to go. I, I don't know. But it, yeah, it's, it's an but area. But it's certainly, you're, you're certainly, you're observing a reality though that there isn't enough uh, failure and you know, acknowledgement of losing. I, I would, I want to suggest another, no, I'm not the expert here, but here's what I think, yeah. right? I think what we're actually really saying here is people aren't, are are not brave enough to just get embarrassed. Mm, yeah, I, I think nice. embarrassment yes. has been made taboo. I think awkward and being embarrassed or being okay with having an embarrassing situation, yeah. not, not doing anything everything to avoid embarrassment i feel yeah. like embarrassment avoidance yes. is what we're talking about yeah yeah i love that and yeah. but so how how do, how do you oh how do why is sarah how, how do we embarrass ourselves <laughs> well, now we huge, need to, we, <laughs> so many ways. we should have a day in the week where we're like right everybody has to do something embarrassing and we're all going to feel better <laughs> and just have a laugh about it <laughs> i mean what yeah, yeah like I, I i think it's a great point i think that's absolutely hit the nail on the head yeah we we don't want to embarrass ourselves or we don't want to we're conforming to something that isn't reality um and i blame trump I, uh, yes, <laughs> Trump. I he wasn't he wasn't brave enough to be embarrassed about losing the election. Yeah, and so he made it okay to deny <laughs> <laughs> to deny everything, fallibility. Oh gosh, that man is just another another topic in itself. But I do think uh, I mean not to become political one way or the other. However, at that level of society, even they are not. Uh, showing leadership around fallibility and yeah. uh right, Boris Johnson at the moment right oh, the party gosh. gate yes. that's an embarrassment yeah. but he should embrace it mm. a good leader would be like you know what damn it yeah. <laughs> i got caught yeah. i'm really embarrassed yeah. i i have to own this exactly that dialogue that sort of rhetoric seems to be gone mm. it's not allowed anymore and yeah. i suppose what you're saying is we 
we, we can't lose it. We, no, no, exactly. And I think as individuals, as managers, as parents, as friends, we need to create space for people to be embarrassed and to be okay. Yeah. And, and I guess for we also need to hold judgment as well mm. because the reason we feel embarrassed is because of the judgment that might come or, or we, we hold back perhaps because we don't know what people are going to think of us and, mm. and we perhaps spend too much time focused on what people will think or the judgment that will come our way as opposed to, yeah. okay, well, how do we move this forward? And I think we also need to have a check with ourselves about how are we looking at others as well? You know, when mm. things do happen, how do we, are we judging them? Are we openly judging them? What are the, what's the language we're using uh, if something happens as well? So, you know, it sort Gosh. of cuts both ways. It's internal for us to go, you know what, let's own this. This is, this is what I did wrong. At the same time, I also have to kind of go, well, how, would, how do I react to other people when they do something wrong? Yes. It's kind of accountability on both sides. Yeah, that's a really important point. Like, wh what's my self-talk when I observe somebody yeah. having a tough time, making a mistake, doing something embarrassing? Mm. I, I think um, what, what I have noticed, though, like online or in, in popular culture in the past few years is when there is a very high-profile public embarrassing situation or something goes wrong, like a like a wardrobe malfunction on mm. a stage or or a political slip up or something when the person handles it really well that get goes viral yes. we all celebrate wow yeah. look how they handled this situation yet in our own lives we're not really you know yeah putting ourselves out there and being less afraid so is there any uh quick tips for our listeners around how to how to kind of nurture this bravery how to kind of um think about attending to being okay with not, mm. not being okay? Uh, I think it starts with recognizing that you're not okay, I guess. <laughs> so that starts first with sort of going, okay, well, maybe it's something that's happened through the week or the day or it, it's no, or maybe it's been over a period of time, but sort of checking in with yourself and just wondering why you're not sleeping well or wondering why perhaps certain emotions are bubbling up more so than anything, wondering why physically you're reacting to things in a different way. So sort of recognizing that in yourself first, I think is really important and being in tune with yourself about actually I'm not okay um, and mm. not trying to hide it or go, no, no, it'll pass. You know, we do that and sometimes that's our coping me mechanism for a period of time. But at some point you've got to stop and you've got to say, you know what, now I need to either just spend some time focusing on what's happening and try and find the answer within or reach out to somebody who I trust and who I know will help and and sort of say, hey, I, I yeah, I need help. Um, and that's sometimes the hardest thing we can do. But for me, it's the most resilient thing we can do. Uh, and it, And some people think it shows weakness. I think it shows a huge amount of strength to be able to ask for help uh, because we, again, we don't feel we should. Or it's not the right thing to do. We know we should be able to cope with this ourselves. You know, I'm, I'm from England, you know, there's stiff upper lip. No, we don't talk about pain and feelings and emotion and stuff that's gone wrong. We just carry on. Um, and clearly that's not how life is. We, the optics in our lives seem to be very important, like you've said, you know, how, how we appear to others. Mm. And in professional lives in work, you know, we're always going to be comparing ourselves to our colleagues and... Um, trying not to appear less capable or making sure we appear more capable. What, what, what can one do to go, wait a minute, am I being myself? Mm. Sometimes I, I wonder, like, are we um, losing sight of ourselves mm. in a way? Because we're going, right, this is the ideal. Yeah. This is how I need to talk. This is how I need to react. This is how I need to work. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah, we have to be hard workers. We have roles and responsibilities, and you, you need to be diligent to to a, a you know a certain standard. But um, pretending to be somebody else sometimes, I think that can happen. You mm. you 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 become or you can pretend to be someone else just because that's that seems to be a successful way to handle yourself. Yes. Uh, my question, it's <laughs> a very complex kind of <laughs> diatribe here, but what I'm saying is how can you, what do you say to yourself to go away? Am I acting normally? Am I being myself? Yeah. Am I behaving naturally? And I think that will come through a feeling. And I know that sounds a bit wishy-washy, but I can only sort of talk to myself because obviously it's very it's a very personal thing. You'll only know when you're not being yourself. You're the only person that will know that yeah. because obviously <laughs> no one else necessarily will. So, but I know in my Good it point. takes a lot of effort to pretend to be something. Yes. and I think that's if you're finding that a certain way of working is requiring a lot more effort than another way. Clearly, that's not a natural style. It's mm. not a natural way for you to work. So, when you think about the different tasks that you do, maybe it's going into sort of certain meetings or it could be, which I guess specifically talking about work here, but talking with different people, um, some of that will feel uncomfortable. And that's okay because that discomfort gives us room to grow. So some of it, you know, to a point, a certain amount of discomfort is healthy. When it starts to be all the time, it's, you know, you're just drained at the end of the day after something or you really feel like you're one person at work and another person at home, mm. then that's going to be a sure sign that, as yeah. you say, you're pretending to be something. You're not being authentic. You're not your authentic self. And and a lot of time when we're starting into this leadership roles or we start to become more senior in our roles and we're getting more exposure and we're talking to different people and we're being pulled into cross-functional projects and things like that, we start to perhaps lose a little bit of our identity because we have that feeling that we have to conform because mm. this is the way things are done or mm -hmm. the person I'm talking to wants it this way, so I have to do it that way. Um, but actually, we need to go back and think about, well, what are my values? What do I stand for? What's really important to me and how can I bring my authenticity to everything that I do? It's not easy, um, but that's that, that in that way, if you keep coming back to that, what your, you know, what is your authentic self? and be proud of that, then hopefully that pretense goes away. I, I, I think everybody needs to hear that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You. Be authentic. Yeah. And then you'll start to feel okay with not being okay. Yes. Well, then you'll know when you're not okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. You have those parameters now. You, you, you will know when you're like, actually, no, that's, that's not kind of how I do things. And there is that balance of being part of a, of a group and a team mm -hmm. that has a culture. So if we think about EP, for example, there is a culture. There are values that we that we, we need to appreciate and understand. And so there is a level of responsibility to appreciate what they are and yeah. do our best to bring them to life and to be part of that culture and a, and a positive part at the same time maintaining our authenticity. And, mm -hmm. and we need as managers, we need to allow people to bring that authenticity through as well mm -hmm. and that uniqueness that, that makes them who they are and and the the contributor that they are. So so there's a blend there between uh, with etiquette and yes. and then authenticity. So yeah. you're participating, adhering to etiquette, but doing so it, as yourself. Yes. And I guess in that there is also Im important kind of things for for people who are encountering someone who may starting to be more themselves and more natural and 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 it's okay maybe I guess or it should be okay as leaders to. Um, to notice if someone is 
being their authentic self, but m- sometimes, you know, making mistakes and veering out of the expected etiquette. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the, that's the point of confluence that yes. we need to have professional discussions that are um, compassionate, right? Absolutely. And that's where it comes down to creating a strong framework around, okay, well, what are we, you know, what are the parameters that we have to work within? We're, you know, with it, and each business is different because the business has different cultures. So some businesses are more so, are more suited to some individuals than others. Yes, and yeah. that's the reality as well. Yeah. So, you know, round <laughs> peg, square hole, or whatever the, the terminology is, you know, at some point that also needs to be a discussion as oh, well. That's a big one. That, mm. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another topic. Like, how, well, yeah, what do you do if you find yourself <laughs> in the wrong job, but <laughs> you may not have a lot of options? Yeah. Okay, Sarah, I think that is so much to push into our brains for, um, for this episode. I would love to hear from our listeners. I think this topic is going to resonate quite quite a lot with with many people out there um we'll be back again for another topic shortly and thanks so much for your wisdom as as always and i will see you next time sounds good thanks so much thanks for listening uh we will have a few more discussions with sarah schubert across the year so please do tune in for those if you haven't uh already subscribed on the podcast service of your choice we would really appreciate that it helps the show and if you haven't joined our linkedin group which is called teaching and learning in the digital age please consider doing that also as it is a great place to network with other educators and ask questions and leave comments and get into some debates about all of the hot topics in education today that's it for me thanks so much and i will see you next time